OTB Sports Rugby. 1 to 15, everyone's got a role to play in terms of breaking down the opposition, but it's an enjoyable attack to, to be involved in because we all like to play rugby and get our hands on the ball and stuff like that. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now. We're turning to Division 2 in the Allianz Football League. It's a deep dive. Uh, Morris Brosnan of the Irish Examiner is with us. Morris, I was trying to make the case in my head that this might be the greatest Division 2 of all time. The dubs, like still the the, uh, remnant of the greatest Gaelic football team ever in Division 2. Derry, legitimate All-Ireland contenders in Division 2. Mickey Hart, Louth, you know, an absolute mastermind, one of the greatest managers of all time. Uh, The Mead story, because Colm O'Rourke's first season is there, uh, Clare under Colin Collins the longest serving inter-county manager in position Limerick massively disappointing and then of course the magnificent seven rides again it's the second one the lesser sequel with the uh, Kildare management team who aren't quite doing what I hoped they would do So, and, and it all matters there's like some team is going to end up playing in the Talton Cup who do not want to be there yeah I, I love that energy Jar. I couldn't agree with you more even just from um, just a slight tangent but just as to cover it from a reporting perspective it's so much more enjoyable than almost anything else in Gaelic football um, I did that the Harding last week the less said about that the better um, I am doing the, this weekend I'm in the Hyde I'm at Mayo Roscommon and I was just thinking about it this morning there's an element of I wouldn't be one bit surprised if there's an element of shadow boxing in that game as great as we all love the league and but just given the nature of this season and the calendar I think Division 1 has slightly been less than the small, but there is an element of shadow boxing within that. Whereas the Division 2, just to report on it, is box office. Players are desperate to play. Sidelines are getting panicky. There's, you know, the games I've been at are absolutely full butter. The crowd are totally enthralled by it. It is, without shadow doubt, the best competition in the J. I, I could not agree with you more. I left out the Red Storm Rising of James O'Donoghue's Cork. How the hell did I forget that? And, <laughs> and actually, looking at the fixtures, there's a, there's, so, they, the Cork needs Dublin to beat Derry this weekend but if they do there's, there's still a, there's still a world in which Cork can rack up big scores and squeak into Division 1 next year it would be uh, okay we don't expect it. it it would be outrageous if that did happen but um, Cork can look up as much as they have to look down they can do yeah I, you do, it does feel a small bit doesn't it that the, the width of a post the Brian Hardy's late shot could end up scuppering them the, that would feel incredibly consequential later on in the year the, the thing that's interesting Jared, is though if you rather than start with the league if you reverse this if Cork don't go up for example right and you fast forward to and let's say Clare who I Clare have a nightmare run of games now really you know they, they play Cork this weekend the weekend after I'm pretty sure it's Derry and then they have Limerick so, yeah. Yeah, so there's a it's feasible that they only end up on four points and that would put them right in, in relegation trouble but the caveat is that Clare played Cork again in the first round of the Monster Championship this year. They're on that side of the draw. How many times have we heard about poor Colin Collins? If only he hadn't been drawn with Kerry in a semi-final, they could have made it a Monster Final. They're on that side and th- that game then becomes incredible. Like the, 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 You're saying to Clare, there's still an avenue for you to make Sam Maguire get to a Monster Final here. You're on the opposite side to Kerry. The, that, that, the, consequence, the significance of that game suddenly, I think, is, is really interesting. Because that's where, where, pe- where people need to start is that you know, I, I'm not going to do it now, but pick your four provincial winners and your four provincial finalists and work backwards from there and look at the, the options for teams like, I look at a team like Down as well, like Down on the other side of, Down on that side with Armagh, um, 
I'm at Antrim in a preliminary game and then there so it's down Donegal Cavan Armagh potentially in a quarterfinal all looking for a, a chance to get to a, a semi-final and then a, and it was finally here to Sam Maguire like there's legitimate pathways for those sorts of teams that unconnected to the league is what I'm saying it's just given the, the nature of the draw that uh, even for a team like Clare or a team like Cork they could have come off this with off a, a really promising league can you imagine if they lost that game like the, how that would change the complexion of their season I think that's um, a lot of people worried that the provincials will be lessened in this system and to a certain extent they will be but for teams like that I think it becomes even more interesting that uh, that Louth Kildare game this weekend in Louth Morris feels like a, well, what's the equivalent of a, of a Gaelic six point a four pointer I suppose like it, it's <laughs> it's absolutely huge because whoever loses that all of a sudden you, you might be staring the Talton Cup in the face absolutely yeah I, for, especially for Kildare I, I think the this game is massive like, it is absolutely huge it's kind of crazy that they've found us in this situation I part of me thinks Kildare are I hate to do this, you know, Jerry. I, I, I think they're the most interesting team in Gaelic football this year. I, the, the, Claire, like any I talked about a second ago, could come off a disaster of uh, a league and make their season in that semi-final against Dublin. It's not likely, but again, just when you look at the, the, the nature of the structure, it, it, it's, it's there's an option there basically that they're on that side of the draw. Um, I actually think Louds. When I was doing this exercise this morning, I think Louds are an outside bet to get to a Leinster final this year. I think the the path is right there for them. When you can take into consideration that they're on the same side as Westmead, who are already guaranteed their spot in a Sam Maguire, so what, how much is their need? A relatively new-looking Mead, who they've already beaten, there's absolutely a, an option that Louds could end up in a, in a Leinster final. So regardless of how this game goes at the weekend, we could still see Louds in a, in a Sam Maguire as well. But I think it's more pressing for Kildare, given the fact they're on the same side as Dublin, given the scale of negativity around that team. I think this, this weekend, is, it does feel a bit make or break. The scale of negativity is coming off record-breaking defeats. That's the the issue. We were looking back at the the stats over the last while, and uh, Kildare have had um, ten point or more defeats in Newbridge, uh, very rarely in their entire history, but two in the league four times. Two of them have happened in this season, and it's like, uh oh, it's um, this is not great. I, I, Newbridge has become a, a disaster for them, and they can't seem to get their best players playing the way we know they can it's almost like their their training is totally out of kilter with where they are supposed to be and maybe maybe they've decided that their eggs are going in the Leinster Championship basket this year but it's a very it's a, a really risky high wire act it is and I uh, I don't see evidence of that I've seen every single Clare game I actually covered their game in Clare in Cusick Park as well and I don't see I, I tend to agree with some of the conversation around Kildare in terms of the criticism of, I'm sure you've heard it too, Jared. there's no game plan, there's no there's no structure, the players don't necessarily know what they're doing, they're taking pot shots and there's, they're reliant on individuals to drag them over games. And I I disagree. Like, I, I, I see lots of evidence of a game plan. Um, if you, anybody watched the game at the weekend, Michael Murphy was on goal commentary and he mentioned at the very start, Kildare are doing something different to what a lot of teams do against Terry. They're not attacking with 15 players, they're leaving... Mick O'Grady and Owen Doyle back on the 45 because they're conscious of getting caught on the counter. That actually reminded me of the anybody listening to the football pod this week. That was a point that James made as well that you kind of need to leave two back for fear against teams like that because they break so quickly for fear of being caught that way. So that, now whether you agree with it or not, that's structure. I think the problem, Claire's greatest problem is their attack and because they're coughing up these turnovers or taking shots from really difficult angles and then they're getting caught with these high turnovers on the other side, that's killing them. But I don't think it's, I actually do. I see a plan I see the 
the, the realms of a plan there, there's a structure there. So then you flip that and see if there's problem isn't necessarily their structure. Is there a is there a psychological thing? Like the extent to which after sharing the parent for that first goal of the weekend was we're just gonna we're just gonna hit over there. Sorry, Mars. The, the line has deteriorated to a point now where it's uh, it's too tricky. So we we just dial you back and um, and we get to it. Those those stats, right? Uh, last Sunday, Kildare equaled their second biggest home NFL defeat of all time. 1976, Cork beat them five nine to six points. Uh, also, that 76-team beaten by Kerry, 3-10 to 5 points. And then Derry, 2-15 to 7 points last week. And, and look, the, uh, a lot of people saying afterwards, Kildare goalkeeper could have been man of the match because it should have been 6. Yeah. Um, Donald made a lot of good saves. Uh, Wasn't enough. Under under Mick O'Dwyer, when Mick came in first in the early 90s, the, the team battened down the hatches and became super defensive to like set up a defensive structure and um, became a hand-passing side. Mm-hmm and were uh, trying to win games 7-6 and they didn't score a goal in the 91-92 season uh, for seven games uh, they've now gone seven games without scoring a goal again and they'll break that record if they don't <laughs> score a goal against Louth on Sunday mm. and as I said uh, they've suffered seven 10 plus defeats in Newbridge if you're not raising green flags in the league you're, you're, you're going one direction seven 10 plus defeats in Newbridge we think this is in history ever like to the dawn of time back to the dinosaurs and two of them have come in their last two games 10 plus point defeats so Morris is back um, I think hopefully you're able to hear us a bit better you were you were making the point that, um, uh, that there is a structure there's the bones of a structure there and it's identifiable if you if you do the analysis but is, is it a psychological issue is the question and I think that's the, the key question from a Galera perspective because I just think the way that game slid away from them. I don't, and it's very hard to put your finger on They conceded an early goal against Dublin first game in the league and it didn't seem to knock a stride out of them. It didn't seem to rattle there. Whereas, definitely the difference after they conceded the first goal against Derry, it was almost as if they knew if we let the team build up a lead, there was absolutely no hope for us to come back and it just descended drastically from there. Whether or not that's associated with Newbridge, I don't know, Jared, but I do think that the, uh, there is definitely there is a plan, you know, there is, I, I see evidence of a plan. I saw that in, in Clare. I kind of saw Clare coughing up that lead coming because you could see exactly what Clare were trying to do. The fact that they were willing to drop off the kick out in the first half playing against the wind and let Clare, who were an unbelievably well-coached team, but a running team, run the ball hard. And then suddenly in the second half, when you're playing into a breeze, they got a really good press on the kick out. So they knew what they were doing on the additions kick out. They knew what they were doing on their own kick out. They had a plan with their attack. They brought on Daniel Flynn that day as well. Uh, Kevin Flynn came on. They stood, they're able to kick from range to sort of kick in points. So I saw evidence of a, a plan there. I didn't see as much of it at the weekend. I think the way it descended is, is drastic. But I do think there is... It's not as fundamental to say there's no structure or there's no yeah. style of play. I, I, there's something more than that. I, I know they've been working with a sports psychologist and, and they rate her very highly. And uh, this is obviously going to be a, a long-term thing. Derry, it might be a, a bit of a, a false benchmark because they're they're complete wolf in, in sheep's clothing in Division 2. They're a Division 1 team. They're all Ireland contenders and they're much further down the line than Meath and Kildare. And like if you if you think about last season, they were annihilated in the first 15 minutes against Dublin and then they, they recovered from that to nearly knock Mayo out. And if they just had gotten over Mayo, I think the whole mood would have changed. But there there is this kind of rump of 
Kildare supporters who are angry, who are just like they feel entitled to be angry all the time at everything that's happening because the team won under twenty All Ireland, so therefore we should be All Ireland champions already uh, off the back of that, and it's it's fantasy. So it's going to take a long time. I, I it's not. It's, here's the thing: if they win this game and they beat me, then all of a sudden it's been a, a solid with some disaster in the middle a Division 2 campaign and they're looking forward to Sam Maguire irrespective of what happens and they can plan for the three games in the round robin and you know there's there's like the green shoots of recovery but if they lose this game mm. and they lose against me suddenly they're a Division 3 team and they're playing Talton Cup football and I would suspect a lot of the players might end up playing football in America in the summer Andrew do you associate the the negativity around supporters with anything to do with their performances in Newbridge? I don't, uh, you'd have to say, yeah, like the, the, the support in front of your home county is the thing that galvanises people. But, like, I don't know, I, there's a clip doing the round from the player's voice where Niall Morgan is talking about um, the team being stopped yeah, by yeah. a fan in a, um, an apple green and being told, do you think I spent my money to... Uh, to I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know, maybe just maybe just fans of all counties are yeah, a bit wild. We all get territorial about our county, don't we? I mean... But does that, do you feel entitled do you feel entitled to abuse the players? I don't. And is that is that separate from the, there's a, a loyal contingent of Kildare fans? I, I, just to go back to the game in Ennis again for a second. Uh, in the first half in that game, there was an, an off the ball incident. Uh, Clare was on a back hard. The, the, the whole reason that flared up was because of an absolute roar from the far stance, and it was a very vocal roar. Referee had, had missed it. Uh, kind of continuously berating the linesman that he needed to do something about it. The Clare fans there were convinced it was a red card at the very end of that game so Kildare at one point or six points down they come back to, to win by one uh, and they take kind of a moment in front of the stand with those supporters supporters who travel across the country a small I should stress a small cohort of supporters but what it seemed like a very loyal supporters who would back them to the tilt and the difference between that and I, the reason I asked that question I, think, I find it interesting sometimes between that and fans who could turn up at home uh, nearly kind of with the negativity in their hearts already as they arrive just to go back to something you said there a second ago about how players could end up in America. I think that this year, it's probably gone under the radar slightly. This, what the, if Clare were to end up in the Southern Cup and if teams were to throw their hat at it, the damage that would do to the integrity of the competition, because it's a round robin this year. If, if you were to go back to last year, can you imagine if, uh, and they're a totally different team now, I, I don't mean this is uh, a slur or anything, can you imagine if Down were in a round robin group stage last year, how less enjoyable that competition would be to watch a team who clearly weren't committed to the competition play three games and get what would be fairly three one-sided results. If teams do that in the Thatcher Cup this year, it's a disaster for that competition. Like the competition as, as itself, the, the reason we liked that competition last year was because we've got competitive games, teams seem to be buying in, but teams don't buy in and we are, end up suffering three round robin because of the nature of this group, which everybody was crying out for, let's not forget, that you know, managers were saying this is what we, what we sold last year. So there is kind of an onus on Seems to buy it to make the competition work because the alternative is that it becomes still, despite the fact that we have finally have tears, it still becomes one-sided, uncompetitive games, which is exactly why we're all so frustrated by the championship in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be a, a heaping disaster upon disaster. So, look, I don't know. Do you, I, 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 I do still have faith in in the current Kildare setup. I do think that the fact that they came back against Clare, I do think the fact that they went down against Dublin and showed something suggests that there is still something. And I, I, I absolutely know from uh, people who contact me that the management team and the players are still aligned. That there's no disaffected rump in the camp who are like, oh, this is 
is that like that hasn't happened yet. So that's why this game is so important at the weekend. Clare hockey loud last year in the Leinster Championship, and I actually thought that loud might give them a game. They're definitely going to give them a game this weekend, and they're going to give them their fill of it. What's going to happen? Yeah, I I tend to agree with you. You can actually beyond the cliched nature of this usual competition, you can actually put stock in the the value of. I did a piece of Kevin Feely recently. Uh, on his return his, from an Achilles injury. And what he did to go from that game at Edenstown in August to get back in January is is remarkable. And his it's beyond just doing the physical nature of it, a guy who has the knowledge because of uh, his his profession. There's something more than that. There's a, there's a kind of a drive. That's what I was trying to get at him when I sat down with him. Like, what is it that you know motivated you to continually do this, uh, to put yourself to push these sort of boundaries to get back to play for Kildare? And he was adamant that... The reason he did it is despite the fact that he turned 30 a week after he tore his Achilles, the best is yet to come. And he did not mean that individually, solely individually. He meant that collectively. Like he, he's, he's adamant that he went, he remembers 2010, the, the sensation around that semi-final and that it is totally attainable for Clare to get back to that level. Now, there's a, to an element, you can actually put stock in that, that a guy with that knowledge with, of, you know, that value of character believes in this team. I, I think there is something, I genuinely do think there is something in that. I know it's, some people tend to roll their eyes at that sort of stuff. But no, I think you're right. I, I, I read the I, piece, Morris, it was sensational and I do think that anybody abusing the Kildare footballers needs to read that piece and think, well, I'm a bit of a clown for abusing this crowd because look at the shit that they put themselves through to get to go and represent Kildare and, like, I don't know, it's very disappointing to read some of the stuff that I've been reading on social media. Um, you know, particularly for a group of players who uh, who are not doing this for glory. Like, they're not doing it for... Anyway, look, I got sidetracked there, Mara. Sorry. We, we're, out of to- we're out of time. Give me a prediction for who's going to win that game. Claire. Okay. The right answer. <laughs> Good stuff, Mara. Great to have you with us again. Thanks a million. Thanks, lads. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now.